Are you interested in supporting small business in your community? You can become a sponsor of the Candid Conversations Small Business Podcast at candidpodcast.ca slash sponsor. You're listening to the Candid Conversations Podcast, where we share with you the adventures of small business, the community, and folks in communications. We are your hosts, digital marketer Dan Nicholson and small business strategist Sagan Morrow. This is episode number six. So before we get to today's episode with Dr. Linda Hamilton of Natural Healing Veterinary Care, as always, we just wanted to give you all a little bit of an update on where we are at with our business, mm-hmm. Juxta Communications. So first of all, one of the really exciting things that has happened over the last month or so is that we now have a logo, which is beautiful, and we have social media accounts. So you can now actually find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So we're on there as at Juxtacoms. So you should definitely check us out and, and let us know what you think. We'll have the links on the website, candidpodcast.ca slash EP6, uh, so you can come check us out there, uh, juxtacommunications.ca. juxtacommunications.ca is our uh, website. We don't have it up yet, uh, still working on that, uh, but I believe the last update where we were talking about whether or not I can get it up there, so yeah. halfway there, which you're, is nice. You're getting there, you're getting there. It's pretty. It's been pretty nice to actually see that we are making progress in this sort of tangible way that we can actually like now see the things that are happening with social media and like starting to see the website moving forward because I feel like so much of our work so far has really been a lot of the behind the scenes sort of stuff so it's kind of nice to be able to make that tangible progress absolutely uh especially from yeah from social media to be able to see you know we're getting like three or four likes on our stuff originally kind of a few weeks ago uh I don't know what you did but now we're somewhere pushing like 40 to 50 yeah per post which is nice it is it's pretty exciting to have that happen in such a short period of time but that doesn't mean don't stop liking it please <laughs> go like it uh, but what i wanted to quickly talk about today uh is relationships yes uh with starting a partnership uh one of the most difficult things that i've experienced in the past few weeks because uh, my partner and i had just purchased a house and we're basically doing all the work to move into this house. And so what we're finding is I need to find time for not only fixing the house and making sure it's painted and, and prepped, but the other thing is that, you know, trying to find that time to also do juxta communications work and, you know, find the time to communicate with Sagan as well as my partner. And of course, uh, Sagan's partner comes into town every so often. So I gotta make sure I gotta schedule time for him as well. So one of the difficult things I found with a partnership is being able to prioritize equally to other things in your life, which, you know. Yeah, and really making sure that that balance is there. Uh, it's it's tricky. It's really tricky to navigate that. And I think it's also kind of interesting for both of us coming into this business, having a uh, a different sort of way of looking at business management, I guess, in terms of how much spouses are involved. So for my business, I mean, I've always just kind of done my thing and 
told my common law husband, oh, by the way, I happened to do this or I made this decision. And really, it's always just been me doing my thing. And, you know, he's just very supportive and it's it's great. But so and it's been really interesting, I think, because now obviously I can't do everything just my own decision. We as business partners have to make the decision together. But I find it really fascinating that for Dan, you and your fiance have a much more collaborative approach to mm. making decisions when it comes to the business. So it's kind of like all four of us are now making decisions together, which is a really different thing than I'm sort of used to. So sort of navigating all of that has been interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, with my own personal business, it was a, a, you know it was checking in with my partner because it is you know, uh, what happens and down the road when we have kids and that is the long-term goal. So, you know, what happens if I get sick or, you know, we have to, or I get hit by a car or something like that, <laughs> have to think about those things. So it's a whole different approach. And I think that's, that's where we're at today is, uh, more of the legal, not so fun side of business, <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's, I think that was just kind of what I wanted to talk about today was relationships and trying to think of, you know, how is that going to apply in, in your business? Yeah, absolutely. Figuring out the relationships in your business when you are starting, when you have you know your own solopreneur business, when you have a business with a partner, when you have employees, I mean, any situation, just trying to navigate all of that with your personal life and your working relationships, there's a lot to take into consideration. And it's extremely important to pay attention to that and to really prioritize figuring all of that out because it would be so easy to neglect communicating with all of that and everything just go downhill really, really quickly. So it's very important that everyone's on the same page. There's a lot of communication going on and that all voices are heard for everyone who happens to be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's I think that's enough about us. Yeah, let's let's get to our guest interview. So we have Dr. Linda Hamilton of Natural Healing Veterinary Care. Uh, she has a very interesting story which she'll be sharing with us, but she is also happens to be my mother and uh, and I worked with her before she started her own business and I was also her very first employee when she started her business. So there's a there's a whole whole connection there to our guest today. So we are here with Dr. Linda Hamilton of Natural Healing Veterinary Care. So can you begin with telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, I'm a regular veterinarian. I always like to, to tell people, um, I like, like to start off with saying that I'm a regular veterinarian. Um, and I graduated 35 years ago uh, from Western College of Veterinary Medicine. And I did regular veterinary medicine here in, in uh in Manitoba, I was a what we call a mixed animal practitioner when I first graduated. I did dogs and cats and horses and cows and pigs and chickens and goats and you name it. I I was that vet. Um, and over time, um, I, I kind of changed my my bit of practice. Um, I got married. I had kids. 
And when you're a large animal practitioner, you have to be on call, which was very difficult. I'd be getting called out at four o'clock in the morning. And it's really hard when you've got a baby and you kind of go, hmm, what do we do with this baby? Well, I have to go out and do a calving because my husband is a Mountie and he would also be out working. So I shifted my focus of practice to small animals and did that for many years. And then I got very interested in um, alternative medicine. And I love telling the story of how how I got interested in that because I didn't believe in alternative medicine. I didn't believe in acupuncture, chiropractic, none of that stuff. And I went to a conference um, simply to find out more about it so that I could tell my clients that it was just crap. Just, you know, just, it was voodoo. It didn't work. It was just nonsense. And I went to this conference and it was a veterinary conference, uh, Canadian Veterinary Medical Association for vets and by vets. And I sat there and I, I love telling the story because I went in and I had a frown on my face and my arms crossed and my legs crossed. And I thought I'm wasting three days of, of learning about this stuff just so that I could say that it's nonsense and within the first hour of listening to the veterinarians who were giving the the talk um, I became very engaged I, I went from being very you know closed-minded to leaning forward and going wow there is something to this because they actually talked about the science of acupuncture the science of chiropractic the science of of all of those things and and after the the first day I, I had a pamphlet uh, I took it home to my husband and I said guess what? I'm going to learn how to do acupuncture. And he said, oh my God, they brainwashed you. <laughs> so I went off, I, I bought some books, I went and, and took a, a course, a certification course, very involved, had to go back and write, write exams after 20 some odd years of being away from, from school. I fell in love with acupuncture, so much so that I decided to quit my regular job and open up my own practice and that was about 11 years ago so I went from being a large animal vet to a small animal vet to not thinking I would be interested in a, a, a complete change of looking at medicine to uh, to embracing alternative medicine and quitting my job and opening my own practice. My question would be why like quit your job and then start your own practice? Yeah so it's interesting that you say that because you know, from the time I graduated as a as a veterinarian, I never wanted to be a businesswoman. I we did not have business classes in veterinary medicine. Um, we, it was all medicine uh, and surgery. And I thought there is no way I want to worry about a building and staff and ordering you know, medications and worrying about if the anesthetic machine works or doesn't work, worrying if the toilet is plugged, worrying if the roof is leaking, all those kind of things. And I said right from the get-go, I would never, ever, ever own my own business. I would never be the boss. I want to be the employee. I want to focus on veterinary medicine. And I did that for, for 20 some odd years. And it was interesting because as you go along in your in your job, uh, and this this holds true, I think, for not just veterinary medicine. I think probably for anything, you you spend the first part of your career, whatever it is, and you're so focused on being on on, on learning, and you're, you you learn right away that as soon as you graduate from something, that's when the learning, the true learning, really begins. 
and you focus so much on learning. Um, for me, it was you know new surgical techniques and new medications and how to diagnose and, and all of those kind of things in veterinary medicine. But after a while, you start to get better at it and you start to get more comfortable with it. And that's what I found is that it actually got easier um, just because it was so, so much more familiar. And I was very involved in the community. I was just a just an employee, but I said to my boss, hey, I'll go out to schools and talk to school kids. I'll go out and talk to women's groups. I will do tours of the clinic to promote veterinary medicine and to promote the place where I was working. And I became more and more involved with, hey, this is a great place to work. And I started having ideas of, gee, you know, if we did this, it might help it might help business, it might help educate people, it might help with, with the animals. Um, and over time, I became more and more involved with, you know, seeing how the business was running and having ideas of how it could be better. And unfortunately, my boss at the time didn't really encourage that. He didn't really embrace that. And it came to a point where I thought, you know what, I could, I could probably do this better. Um, and it wasn't until I actually started doing the acupuncture that I completely changed my focus and realized that that I, I wanted to leave regular veterinary medicine behind and go down this very cool and weird and wonderful path of, of alternative medicine. So um, it, it came out sort of a difference of opinions with my old boss and me, but I had this whole world opening up to me and and that's when I decided it was it was just one of those days where it was like I came home said to my husband I am going to quit my job and I'm going to open my own business and after all those years of not wanting to open a business it, it was it was almost like a light bulb kind of moment where just a, a, a switch turned and it was just like this is what I'm gonna do and my husband was behind me a hundred percent so and once I decided to to start a business, boom, that's when everything just took off. So it was, it was a, it was a very life altering um, kind of decision. What were some of those issues that you kind of had seen with your previous boss going into your own business? Well, I think what happened is that I, I you know, I, again, I got comfortable with veterinary medicine. So I started to, to think, gee, you know, we could, we could make the appointments run better this way, or this, we could maybe manage the staff a little bit better this way, or if we did this technique or that technique, or if we spent some more time with people to explain whatever disease, heartworm, whatever, then people would be more, you know, willing to say, um, yeah, I understand that. And so I, I was actually wanting to spend more time with people. And, and he was at a, a part, point in his career where he was following some advice where veterinary medicine was becoming very compartmentalized. And it was being recommended, and this is just, you know, sort of how veterinary medicine was starting to evolve. Uh, and again, it, it doesn't have to be veterinary medicine. You can think of this in a business term for any business that's changing. And veterinary medicine um, 12 years ago was starting to, to change towards um, the vet only being in, the, in the, the room with the patient for maybe five minutes. The technician would go in and do all of the work and, you, and the technician would be doing all the, the talking. And, and, um, and that's how we wanted to progress down that path. And I just 
thought that that was not yeah, a just, good way to go. Just and a shift in opinion. It, it, yeah, sense. and I, I just knew that people wanted to spend time and they wanted to talk about things. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening with veterinary medicine is sort of evolving into human medicine. You know, those human medicine appointments are five minutes, eight minutes long. Um, my appointments now in alternative medicine, first appointment is between an hour, an hour and a half. Follow-up appointments are at least a half an hour long. And that, people want that. Uh, and certainly in alternative medicine, we, we need to spend that much time. Um, I could see people wanted to to talk, and the thing was, I was involved in the community. I again, I you know, I taught Sunday school. We had a youth group. We, I, I women's group, going to schools. I knew a lot of the people in the community, and I'd be going grocery shopping, and people would stop and and you know tell me about their dog, or you know if I'd done surgery, they'd they'd stop and they would give me you know sort of follow up, and that was an important part of of being a. Uh, a member in the in the community, a person in the community where where people knew who I was, and they wanted to to tell their story. They wanted information, and we were veterinary medicine is starting to go away from that. So I could see that, and and he couldn't. So that was probably one of the main differences. Business is all about relationships, right? So Ab- that's extremely important. Absolutely. Now I want to take a step back because I'm curious. Coming from a standpoint, I know for both Dan and I we we have experience with online businesses and a lot of the people that we have connected with also have online businesses so i'm curious from a bricks and mortar standpoint from the time that you decided that you wanted to start your own business how long did it actually take you to quit your job and and create this business for yourself yeah the logistics i I have to say i love logistics so (laughs) i'm fascinated by how how did you get to go from there to there? So yeah, I'd love to, to tell you about that. So from the time I I decided I went home, again, it was one of those days where I just went home and said to my husband, that's it, I'm, I'm quitting my job. And that would have been about end of February, beginning of March. And I realized I knew nothing about business other than what I saw my boss doing and the ideas that I was having as to what I thought he would he could improve on for his for his business that was it and I thought where do I even start well the cool thing was that one of the young vets that used to work with us um, at at the clinic I was at he had left several years before to start his own practice and he and I got along really well and I thought I've got to start with him because I don't know even how to start. I knew I would only have an acupuncture business. I knew I wasn't going to have anesthesia and and surgery and regular veterinary medicine. So I knew it would be a lot easier to set up. All I needed was a a place, you know, to have an animal sit and have acupuncture needles. I mean, that's that's pretty easy. So I called him up and I and again, we got along really well when he was working. We actually shared a desk uh, at the clinic I was at. So I called him up and I said, can I take you for lunch? I I really love to pick your brain about business because I'm thinking about starting my own business. And bless his heart, he said, sure. He not only, uh, you know, cleared his lunch, he actually 
cleared the afternoon. I probably saw him within a week or two of, of calling him up. So that was within a couple of weeks um, of deciding. And we met and he laid it out for me perfectly. And, and boy, use people use again if you're if you're thinking about starting a business approach other people that you that you maybe know you maybe know them well you maybe don't the vast majority of people that I know that own their own business love to talk about it they love to share what things you know all the all the difficulties and 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 what worked and what didn't work and my my thought was like I don't even know where to go um, and uh, you know, and, and at the time, I you know sort of googled a little bit of online kind of things, uh, and there's books out there and everything, but but he said to me, he said everything happens at once. He said you have to know what your business is going to be. You have to try and find a, you know bricks and mortar kind of place. You have to have a business name. You have to have contact information. And he said the trouble is if you want a bricks and mortar place, you have to have a a business name. If you have a business name, you can't register it until you have a bricks and mortar place. So he said everything kind of all all kind of came together. So I knew I wanted to be in the city. We lived in a small town outside of Winnipeg. I knew I wanted to be in Winnipeg. So I literally started driving up and down streets <laughs> to, to look for, for businesses and went to the, um, I think it was the provincial um, building and went in there and said, I'm wanting to start a business. What do I do? And they said, "Well, here's a form, and you have to, you know, get a, you have to register your business name, and you have to worry about GST and PST." And it was like, ah, all of these things that have nothing to do with veterinary medicine, but I still had to think about. Um, and so I literally, I literally had, you know, had to come up with a name and how do I register it and how am I going to find um, this place and I was still working so weekends were spent driving up and down and and I actually went and looked at a couple of places um, I knew I wanted to be fairly central uh, and I was driving down Corden Avenue one day and saw of you know four for a lease, um, papered up, windowed uh, business, and uh, and looked in the looked in the window and wrote down the guy's name and phoned him up and said, "Can I take a, a look at your place?" And uh, uh, he was the sort of the manager of of the place. And then it was just like, "Oh, I think I might have a building now. I've got an address." And kind of said, "Hold it for me." And then I had to go register the you know the name and 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 everything happens all. All at once. It was a very interesting process. So there is a special organization that is near and dear to our hearts. Very much so. It's uh, the Women's Health Clinic here in Winnipeg. It is amazing. They do fantastic work for women right here in Winnipeg, and they are currently in the middle of their capital campaign. Any donations would definitely be gratefully accepted so they can continue on providing uh, free counseling for women and free birth control for those who need it. Any amount can really help to support them. I have used their services myself. I know so many other women who have benefited from their services. They're truly just a fantastic organization and a real cornerstone of the Winnipeg community. So we definitely encourage you to visit womenshealthclinic.org slash donate. Check out their page and any amount can really help to support them. 
there is there any tips you'd love to give to people who are looking at uh, getting their bricks and mortar? It seems like because everything happens so uh, quickly. Any any quick like one two tips? You you kind of have to know what you want to do. So I wanted to be an acupuncture vet that I wanted to encompass all of the city. I didn't want to target one area where if I was running a regular vet clinic, it might be, gee, there's no vet clinics in, you know, South Winnipeg or Transcona or, you know, whatever. And then I can, you know, get my, my sort of clientele in that area. I knew that I was the only one doing this. And um, so I knew I wanted to be sort of center of Winnipeg. I didn't want to be out in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, I'm going to say the boonies, you know, I don't want to be out of the city. I don't want to be far in the suburbs. I wanted to be on a main street. I wanted to have people drive by so that they could see a sign. I didn't want to be on a side street. I wanted to be very, um, very visible. I had an option of potentially a, a couple of things that I had to think about. Do I want a bricks and mortar? Do I want to do a house call service, which would be way cheaper? Did I want to rent a a room from a vet clinic um, and uh, and do acupuncture that way but I knew and again this is this is because I was doing acupuncture at my regular clinic already I already had an idea of what I wanted and I wanted a calm quiet place I didn't want to be in a regular vet clinic I realized when I was doing regular uh, or when I was starting my acupuncture, when I first started doing it at my regular clinic, I was very slow, I was learning, and what I started to do was have my patients come to see me at the end of the day when everybody else had cleared out. So the building was quiet, everybody was gone, I was doing acupuncture at 9 o'clock at night, but it, I realized that it worked really well. If I, if I did acupuncture, say on my lunch hour, because again, I was really still doing regular veterinary medicine as well, I found that the animals weren't as calm in a regular practice because the phones were ringing, there was dogs barking, there was people, there, there's, the energy was different. And I realized that I wanted a quiet place. I didn't want to be in a regular vet clinic. Did I want to go to, you know, people's homes and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, it would be a lot cheaper for me. I wouldn't have any overhead. But at the same time, I'm the kind of person that I like to touch things. I like to go in and see things. I would, if if there's something online that I want to buy, it's like, where can I go and see it? Where can I go and touch it? I like going into buildings, into stores and touching it. And I was just strictly basing my bricks and mortar building on the fact that that's what I like. And I wanted people to be able to walk into my door and say, hey, what is this place? Can I see it? And what do you do? And that's why I chose to go the more expensive route of having a bricks and mortar rather than rather than house call service or sharing a room. Well, it's interesting, too, that then that choice of having a bricks and mortar business is essentially you chose that because you wanted that to be part of your brand, exactly. which is really, really interesting. I also thought it was very interesting what you were saying as well is that, you know, you, you chose a very specific type of niche that no one else was doing, which can certainly um, propel you towards success. And you also had a backup plan in place, which is great, you know, knowing that you could always go back and work for a veterinarian at a regular vet vet clinic. That's really important piece. So it's it's interesting you had like all of those things 
coming into play. And I'm not sure if you like, did you realize that you were setting those things up at the time? Did you realize this is my brand and I'm, I'm having this particular niche and I have a backup plan? Did you have all of that in place? Uh, it all happened. It was very organic. Okay. It, it so you all didn't happened. almost realize that it was happening. It just, yeah. And I did buy, I bought something, uh, actually, I think it was something online, uh, on sort of running a business. And I just, it was, it might've been, you know, 50 or $60. And I got this little binder and I thought, well, this is something to start with. And it was interesting because I actually learned a lot of business from this little bindery kind of thing. I can't even remember what it what it was. Set up set up yourself for success or something like that. And they actually talked about, you know, if you are going to open I and I think their examples were if you want to open a children's clothing store, um, and there's twenty others in the in the city, what what's going to set you apart? And as I was reading this, I thought, oh, well, yeah, I'm a veterinarian, but I'm going to be doing acupuncture. So this will set me apart. So it it was interesting how I didn't at the time didn't really kind of, I didn't, I didn't start out to say, I'm going to have a niche practice and I'm going to have a brand that is, you know, a, a certain kind of, kind of thing, you know, quiet and calm and that kind of thing. I, I just knew that that was working for me. And so that's what I, what I wanted. I had a vision. And then when you sort of step back, you go, oh yeah, here's all of these things that kind of come into play. So it is interesting how it, it happens. And then you think back and you go, oh, I actually did a lot of things right, <laughs> which, which is a very cool, fun kind of thing. If I had done things wrong, I mean, say for example, if I, if I decided, gee, I just want to rent a, a room in a vet clinic. I think I would have found out really quickly it's not working because then I have to have to play by their rules and I have to come in on their time. Uh, if they need the room, I might be sort of shut out from it. Um, I think because I was doing acupuncture um, kind of on my own at, at the regular clinic that I was working at at the time, I actually got to see how I wanted things to be set up. And again, that's, that's maybe an important thing when you're, when you're going into business, can you, can you work either part-time at it or can you kind of see how things are going to work and get in your, in your mind, oh, I want it this way. I, I don't want it that way. And, and again, was I actually registering that in my brain at the time? I don't think so. But in hindsight, I, I did know exactly what I wanted. You have full-time employees. Yes. What's that like from a payroll standpoint? Well, can I just kind of go into into before I even go into payroll, yeah, you can do. Um, sort of go into the whole thing about employees. That was one of the reasons I did not want to have a business. I did not mm -hmm. want to have to worry about employees when you're working for someone else and the receptionist calls in sick and somebody has to scramble for, you know, for someone to fill in that receptionist job. It, it affected me as a veterinarian, but at the same time, I didn't really have to worry about it. <laughs> so, that's one of the reasons I did not want to start my own business. And, but, but once you, you know, once I made up that, that, um, that plan that I'm going to have this business and I'm going to have to hire employees, it's almost like a switch clicks in your brain. You just go, well, I'm going to have to just deal with it then. So I started off with, uh, I just thought, 
I'm, I'm not going to overthink this too much. I'm just going to see how this goes. And I have to say, in the almost 11 years of having my business, I have been extremely lucky with my employees. And you know, there's in in Chinese medicine and acupuncture with what I do, we oftentimes talk about putting something out to the universe, you know, and, and, and it will come back. And it was almost like, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm just going to put this out here and started off with um, with one part-time employee who happened to be my youngest daughter, uh, Sagan, who's sitting right here. Sagan, Sagan was in university and she uh, and my husband helped set up the clinic. Remember building shelves and, and all sorts of things. And she came in and, you know, started answering the, the phone and started putting uh, um, putting things through the, the till. And we didn't have a till at first, we had a drawer. And she really actually helped, helped me set up. So that, I have to say, is pretty easy when you're working with your, you know, your grown up adult daughter, um, young adult. And then uh, my second daughter was overseas. She came home. So then boom, she's working for me. Um, Sagan went away for part of the first summer that I was there. A friend of hers needed a job. So I hired him for the summer. And then one of um, my other daughter's friends, again, everyone was in university at the time because you guys were all, I think, late teens, early 20s. So uh, everybody needed jobs. And I was like, hey, this is kind of a sweet job. And so then I started uh, just hiring friends and and it worked out. And the nice thing was that you probably think, oh, gee, working for mom, working for, uh, you know, my friend's mom, how is this going to be? But it it actually worked out really, really well. Um, the, uh, the, the, the whole the evolution of how working with employees and how do you answer the phone and what do you say to people about what I do? Man, did we ever, we worked on that. There's, again, there's a, there's a whole thing about, you know, writing scripts and, and all that kind of thing. And that was a very slow evolution of, of, of how we got to be where we are now. But, um, initially I just coached them through, through everything. And, and, uh, the nice thing was that both of my daughters had actually worked um, at the vet clinic where we where we lived in the little town where we lived, and and so they they hung out in vet clinics from the time they were born. So they certainly had a good understanding of veterinary medicine. They knew they they saw me studying for for acupuncture. They knew what that was all about. So again, they you might think, gee, you know, how does this teenager, young adult know all about all this stuff, but they were actually living it. So in hindsight, it was a really smart thing to have my my daughters start start off working with me. Now, I think this is a really interesting thing because it's similar to me and Dan going into business together and being friends first. A lot of people are also like, oh, don't hire family for your business, right? Like that could go horribly awry. So it's interesting that I, I feel like this is somewhat of a unique case that it worked out very well. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe it can work out really well for other people as well. But I think there does certainly need to be um, very strong, healthy relationships in place prior to going into it and having a very good idea of, you know, how does this, how does this move forward with a relationship of, you know, having my daughter now as my employee or my daughter's friends as employees? What does all of this look like for all of us. So that's, that's, I think, something certainly to think about for anyone who's looking to hire a family. 
Yeah, I was going to say relationships are, yeah, you you have to have the right person. And we're a very close family. We lived overseas together. So there was a very strong bonding, you know, experience for three years um, where we were kind of all together. We, we have a, a strong family, get along well. I think we're good communicators. And I did, you know, when 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 both daughters, you know, suggested friends to come in and, and work, I trusted them explicitly because they knew what my my business was all about. They knew how passionate I was about it. They knew how much it meant to me. They're not going to recommend um, Joe Blow down the street that kind of hates animals and is kind of lazy. You know, they 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 didn't do that. They they said, ah, oh, you know, I've got this friend who needs a job, and I think that they would be great. So, all communication. It's I mean, what business business in life is all about communication. Absolutely, I definitely want to touch base on the point where you made uh, writing scripts for uh, how people should answer the phones and that kind of thing. And I know you really wanted to talk about brand. Yeah, uh, oh, so, there's, can, can I, <laughs> there's so many things. I also want to go back. Can I go back? There's so many pieces that we need to go back to. I know. But I, I just want to make one quick point, though, that when it comes to, you know, if you are having, if you're having someone saying, like, you know, as for in my case, recommending a certain friend to come and work for you, it was also a matter of knowing that they are a good fit for your personality and that they are then a good fit for your brand, which we were just about to talk about branding. Yes. But I do think that that's very important, knowing that, that people are good fits together. That's everything. Yeah, it is a relationship. It definitely is. So the reason why I bring up brand is because uh, Juxta Communications is turn currently in the branding phase, and there's a lot of work to be had in terms yes. of what does it look like, what does it feel like, what does it sound like, heck, what does it smell like? Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to get your take on how you have gotten to uh, your brand. And I know you really wanted to speak to how how you've gotten there. Right. And and it's funny because the, the buzzwords, and, and they are, they're business buzzwords, you know, brand, culture. I didn't know any of that when I was starting. I wanted to do acupuncture on animals and I wanted to do it in a nice place. But I did realize that I needed, and this is again, because I was already doing this in a regular practice, I realized very quickly on that I needed a quiet place. The animals um, accepted the acupuncture treatments much better when it was calm and quiet. Um, I also started to understand I had a, a, a friend who um, does painting and, and uh, does design and I started to understand that color was really important. That you, white bright walls might be perfect for a surgical suite when you need to be able to you know be doing surgery but to do acupuncture on an animal you want relaxed um, atmosphere and that involves color and you know couches and that kind of thing I knew I didn't want to be wearing a white lab coat I knew I didn't want to have a metal examining table I knew that I wanted to be on a couch or a rug on the floor um, which is very unusual in veterinary medicine because animals can be you know they shed hair and they can be they can be you know, muddy or dirty and that kind of thing, but I still wanted that. So I didn't, I didn't actually think, what's my brand going to be? I don't have a mission statement. Um, I, I don't have any of that, but I just knew I needed quiet and calm, and I wanted to have a place where I, 
people could be comfortable. I knew that being a veterinarian for all those years, lots of times people would come into a, an appointment and they would be so upset. I think of the I think of the senior, you know, women and and men, the little old ladies that would be bringing in their little dog and they were so afraid that it would be sick and they'd be so upset and it would the the animals would pick up on that and and uh and I wanted people to come in and even if they were worried about their pet whether they've got cancer or they're paralyzed or whatever that I could get them into a real calm um uh kind of an an attitude and 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 have them be able to sit on a couch so that was my that was my whole part about branding and the other thing was it had to be clean I I'm a real fuss budget when it comes to 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 cleaning and again animals shed and they drool and they can be mucky and dirty but I the the my place had to be clean it had to be spotless and that was hugely important for me so when I when I you know did rent my my business I got my friend in she chose some colors we did painting and we it's warm beiges and blues and there's there's some there's some cool blocking and uh, paint paint type things there's a she does a zipper on the wall where she's got different colors that are sort of interlocking she's got different colors um, along the the uh, I think they're called banding and blocking and and the the ceiling was white she spray painted the ceiling so it's all a lovely beige and it was amazing when I first opened people would come in just to, in the neighborhood and see my my place and they go oh my god this place is gorgeous what are those colors I actually printed up the colors Benjamin Moore colors all the numbers so that I could hand it out to people because they were they were so impressed so I knew I was on the right track because the neighbors were coming in and going wow this place is great I knew I wanted couches but I also knew they had to look good I wanted to look good I didn't want it to look dumpy I wanted it to look good but I want it to be able to to clean well when you're with animals you've got to think of that and I went and bought furniture and people were saying oh this is um, microfiber and it's easy to clean and it looks almost like suede and I remember thinking yeah right but again I had a tight budget so I thought okay I'll buy some little couches and some ottomans and microfiber is amazing <laughs> this is a shout out to microfiber I can't believe dogs would drool on it and cats would pee on it and you could clean it up and it was it looks brand new my I my, can attest to this I've cleaned those many times yeah <laughs> the, the couches and the ottomans I have in my practice going into 11 years still look brand new and I so I was thrilled about that 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 was really cool but it so my brand my culture was calm relaxed quiet um, smelled good, cleaned, and I'm very fortunate that my next door neighbor at my office is the Greek market, and we have the most delicious. amazing <laughs> smells come through. And again, people would come into the office and say, wow, this doesn't smell like a vet clinic at all. This smells really, really clean. And of course, I would say, well, I don't do surgery. I don't have kennels at the back. There's no barking dogs. Um, it's clean. It's quiet. It smells good, uh, and that I realized was my was my brand. That's that was that was so important. Quickly, out of curiosity, what kind of advice and helpful tips would you provide with anyone who wants to start their own business today? 
you have to have passion with with whatever it is if you're just saying oh, I'm just gonna start a business um, just because I want to make some money I mean you have to be passionate about then making money you're not going to be a success unless you unless you are focused 110% on your business and I remember um, someone saying uh, I was at a, a a business course for physiotherapy, veterinary physiotherapy, and I remember the, the 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 vet who the business guy vet who was doing this. He said, "No one cares about your business more than you. Your your spouse doesn't. Your kids don't. Your employees don't. You are if you are a sole business owner, you are the only one that cares as much. And ultimately, it's up to you. As a business person, you have to know." all facets of your business and there's a whole other topic about your your actual what your business is is a whole job and then so for me veterinary acupuncture then a whole other full-time job is running that business they are two different things and if you are open eight or ten hours a day doing veterinary acupuncture like I was to start with then you still have to have four or five or six hours um, and it might be first thing in the morning last thing at night certainly on weekends and when you first open it might be six hours so uh, or sorry six days a week and you you have to know that you are going to be devoted to it um, if, you know all day and 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 the joke was oh you run your own business you can pick your own hours yes you can work the first 18 hours of the day or the last 18 hours of the day and when you go to sleep you're dreaming about your business you you are consumed by your business so that is the number one thing um, you have to learn so much you have to be open-minded when you first start a business you usually don't have enough money to hire a bookkeeper that kind of thing even if you do if you do have enough money say to hire a bookkeeper to, to do your books because ultimately regardless of what you're doing you have to keep track of expenses you have to pay the government you have to pay GST PST you have to pay your if you have employees you have to pay all of the the source deductions you have to pay your suppliers you have to pay your rent you have to do all of that and if you don't have a handle on that um, and know where all your money is going, you have your business is not going to be a success. You might not like money. You might not, or sorry, you might not like accounting. You might not like dealing with numbers. You still have to know um, how your business is set up, even if you hire a bookkeeper. And there are stories you know galore about and again I from a veterinary point of view how veterinarians hired a bookkeeper or hired someone and they worked for them for 20 years and then they found out that that person has been stealing that from them for you know 19 of the 20 years because the the business person that vet didn't didn't pay enough attention to that you have to be a jack-of-all-trades you have to have your handle on 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 or your your hand on all aspects of your business in order to be a success that if you're not willing to do that and you don't have a partner that's willing to do that I don't think that you can be a success in your business whatever it is well thank you so much this has been an amazing conversation I think that we have still a lot more to talk about for another episode. So Dr. Linda Hamilton will definitely be back later this season for part two of her candid conversation. 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks very much for inviting me. And thank you for being so candid. Thanks for listening to the Candid Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and a share with your friends and coworkers. Visit candidpodcast.ca to learn more about this podcast, to access some of our favorite free resources for your business, and to submit any questions you would love for us to answer in our next episode. Are you interested in supporting small business in your community? You can become a sponsor of the Candid Conversations Small Business Podcast at candidpodcast.ca slash sponsor. No, we're, we're, it's off, right? Well, I mean, we're still recording, but oh. I can pause it for now or can stop we, can it. Can we pause for pizza?